Hello, welcome to the first episode of the AF Beer Club podcast. I'm Robin. I'm a primary school teacher who lives in Sheffield with a real passion for alcohol-free beer. Earlier this year, I hosted an online virtual beer festival showcasing some of the best alcohol-free beers in the country. And the first few episodes of this podcast will be chats with the people from those sessions. Later on in the series, I'll feature some new chats with alcohol-free producers, campaigners and everyone in between. Today I'm kicking off with Luke Bose, who talks us through the history of Lucky Saint, starting back in 2016 through to now, where his beer is a regular fixture in shops, restaurants and bars. The conversation was recorded in early June, uh, so there might, it might be slightly dated when we discuss uh, pubs during lockdown, uh, which were closed at the time of the recording. Before we get into the episode, I'd just like to share a couple of really good experiences I've had with alcohol-free beer. This week, um, me and my my wife, Jess, we took our little dog, Paddy, down to the seaside for a couple of days to to visit some family. Uh, And we went to a little town called Southbourne, which is about two, three miles from Bournemouth. Luckily, the beaches weren't too packed and we could walk around and sit on the beach and have a little swim in the sea as well. It was was amazing, actually. So we went to the, the high street in Southbourne and... I knew that there was a um, a brew house and kitchen bar, which is a chain of a uh, of about twenty pubs across the country, and I and I know that they've had the big drop draft Citra IPA draft on for a while, um, so we went up to that bar uh, to check it out, and and that was amazing being able to get a pint of the Citra IPA alcohol free beer uh, in the sunshine. Um, I wasn't sure if they'd still have it after lockdown, so that was brilliant to see that they're carrying that on and that there's an appetite for pints of uh, AF beer uh, still now. Um, but the amazing thing, the following night we went back to the, the high street with the shops and the bars and um, we went to a little micro pub um, called the White Bear and it, I was expecting sort of the cans or bottles of, of the stuff you usually see, maybe a little bit more crafty because it, it was a... Uh, an independent sort of craft beer uh, place and uh yeah behind the thing they had the sort of eight tap eight taps of um of keg beer and one of them was again the big drop citra so that was brilliant to see that alongside of the the craft beers they they had made a place for for big drop in there as well so again i got to have another pint so two nights in a row i got to drink um a, a pint of of big drop from two different places but within uh, well about half a mile of each other so yeah that was just a really great experience i had with with alcohol free beer this week uh, on draft which i wasn't expecting um so yeah just let me know what what you've what you've had recently and and what you found and discovered and have you seen alcohol free beer in your local pubs and bars anyway on to today's episode i hope you enjoy uh, my chat with luke and i look forward to sharing more episodes of you in the future. Hi, Lee. Hey, Robin. Good to be here. Do you want to uh, uh, tell us where, where where did it all start? Like, what was the how, what was the start of Lucky Saint? Uh, where did it come from? What's your origin story? It's it's funny. I sort of wish I could. I wish I. I still wish I could pinpoint the moment when I kind of started thinking about it. 
but it emerged out of this this kind of idea that I loved the proposition uh, of alcohol-free beer, yeah. but it was something that I just I never drank, and I okay. kind of and and these things just kind of gnaw away at you, and I guess it kind of eventually I fig I figured out that I needed there wasn't a liquid that was kind of good enough to tempt me into the category. Okay. Um, and then there wasn't, and bear in mind, this is going back like five years. So this was kind of 2016 when I originally started thinking about this. Um, and then there wasn't a brand that made me feel really good about like making that decision to kind of to, to drink alcohol-free beer. Yeah. Um, so eventually I thought, well, how, like, how hard can it be? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I then proceeded to spend uh, two years working with six different brewers in three wow. different countries. Um, so when, kind of when was that 2016? So when did I, yeah, so I started mid, mid 2016. Okay. Um, and then we launched in, ultimately launched in October, 2018. Okay. Wow. So what, what was that two years like? <laughs> um, so that, those two years were a lot of time on Google because um, <laughs> I'd never, I'd never like, I mean, I, I'd never brewed beer before. Yeah. It was, it was kind of starting with the basics and figuring out how you make it and then figuring out all the sort of the diff variety of different ways you can make alcohol-free beer. Okay. Um, and then I started, I just started getting in touch with, with breweries and, and saying, look, here's, here's my idea, right? You know, I want to make, uh, and it was always based around doing this like classic Pilsner style lager. Yeah. Um, so I just, I'd approach the owner or CEO or whatever of a brewery and start up a conversation and see if I could kind of pique their interest um, and try and get them to help me develop a product effectively. And, th and this was, sort of, this is way before the, the wave that we have now of, of alcohol-free beers and... Yeah, this was, I mean, I find if I remember because at the beginning of 2017, like Heineken Zero launched. Okay. And I remember that, I remember that sort of seeing that and being like kind of saying to myself, no, I'm sure it's like a good thing for the category. But obviously mm -hmm. when you see like one of the big boys like going off, yeah. you're like, oh, come on. And like, <laughs> um, so, we yeah so i just started i started going to breweries and meeting people and trying to convince them to develop like help me develop a product and it would generally it would kind of always go the same the same way which was um i'd go and kind of pitch the the owner or the ceo or whatever and i'd get them quite excited about it yeah um and they'd go yeah great so then then they'd ask their head brewer to get involved <laughs> And that was always a bit, it's always going to be a tougher sell because I think for the most part, um, I think brewers are more interested in doing like 7% yeah. IPAs and stuff like that than, uh, <laughs> than trying to figure out how to make alcohol-free beer. But, um, and yeah, we'd usually, like, when it happened like two or three times actually in the UK, you get one or two brews out of them and then if it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it's kind of making fast enough progress, then I'd inevitably get a call from the owner saying, look, my head brewer is not, not really into this. And, uh, and if he's not into it and he's not happy or she's not happy, then like, 
I've got a problem. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so you'd get, so you sort of get the call saying, "Look, I'm sorry, Luke, but we're going to have to, we're going to have to park this." And so oh, then no. I start, and so then I'd start the process again. So you, you so how many? So you said six times that that happened. Yeah. So we I did four. That happened four times in the UK, yeah. and then. Uh, and that was always trying to brew like to a low alcohol. So small malt bill, small amount of fermentable sugar, uh, and therefore like a very low, low yeah. alcohol content. Um, I mean, I was kind of, I was always learning along the journey around like what I thought worked. Um, I then went to Belgium to work with a process called uh, reverse osmosis. Okay. Um, Again, didn't didn't get great results with that for a variety of reasons, I think. Uh, and then ultimately, I I I went to I went to Germany and started approaching breweries out there, and and found uh, I found this brewery out there that like one make like phenomenal lagers, mm -hmm. uh, but two also had this particular piece of um, technology that I was after. Brilliant. Uh, that I hadn't tried yet and that you can't get in the UK called vacuum distillation. Okay. And um, when, when, when was that? When, how, when, when was that uh, sort of breakthrough moment? So that was in 2017. Uh, that started, I flew over, funnily enough, I, I, um, I approached the, uh, the CEO on email. And I remember, I remember it so clearly, I was sitting in the office uh at the time and i emailed this um emailed this guy and said hey look i've got this really exciting project in um alcohol free beer in the uk um i happen to be in germany on friday can i you know can i drop in and see you and show it to you i think you know and i think you should see it and he came straight back to me literally within two minutes it was one of those like, i've had a few, i've had a few of those moments where you just get a kind of sort of unlikely kind of responsiveness on email. Amazing. You send hundreds of these and then occasionally you just get a couple just snap right, like they come right back to you. And he says, sure, come by at one. So I, wow. so I got the day off work. I put my flights. I wasn't going to be in Germany on that Friday. And <laughs> um, went over there and I had my big kind of, uh, my sort of my pitch as it were, lots of facts and figures and fun enough it took it only took about five minutes of, of chatting to this guy um and he slammed his fist on the on the table and said yeah let's do it nice uh so we literally we, we literally walked over the over the yard um and met the brewmaster and started and started talking about uh like next steps that's amazing so that was um yeah, it was cool. And then, yeah, so we started and what we were doing initially, we were, so it was always kind of, it was always going to be classic Pilsner. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. What, what's the, what's the, so is that your favourite style of, was that your favourite style of beer? Why, why the Pilsner? Well, there's a kind of couple that I, I'm, I mean, I like lots of different styles of beer, but for me, it was always, it, it's the ubiquitous beer style. Okay. You know, the world over. And actually it's it's yeah. the one that's just is least well served. Okay. Well free context. Yeah. Um so 
we started brewing these beers and we quite quickly got to things that were okay. Mm. Um, and, but I kind of, they, they, I felt like they didn't really move the game on. Okay. And then we, uh, I was tasting all the non-alcoholic wheat beers in Germany. Yeah. That are actually some, I mean, some of them are fantastic and actually it's a beer style that lends itself to alcohol free, mm-hmm. uh, almost better. Yeah, yeah. It has, there's a couple of things in it. It has this kind of wheat flavor profile mm-hmm. that runs through it that kind of acts as maybe a little bit of a distraction from the fact that there's, there is, there's no alcohol in there. Um, but they also have this amazing body to them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is the, you know, the hardest, one of the hardest things. And when you kind of, you hold like, you hold the, you hold the glass up and you look at the liquid and they, they've got this kind of hazy um, character to them, the, yeah. the wheat beers. And that's when the kind of penny dropped. And it says, well, if if, um, if the filtration process used in beer making strips out flavor and body, then why are we not developing an unfiltered lager? Yeah. Got to retain all of the flavor and character. Um, and that was what kind of, that was when it changed. And we changed the brewing process. Um, we condition the beer for way longer. So we now it, it ferments for two weeks and we condition it for four weeks. Okay. So it's a six week process to make the beer. Mm. And, um, and the quality and the flavor that we got just took a big step change. And that was when I was like, I thought, okay, we might, we might be, you know, we might be nearly there. Yeah. Years. <laughs> Amazing. That's so good. And that's so, um, have you, did you, you continued working with, with that, with that brewer? Yep. So we continue to brew there. Yeah. Still to this day. Yep. Amazing. That's so yeah. good. So um, we're only, I mean, we're only 18 months in. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's mad to, to, to think now that you're like, yeah, it's such a, it's such a household name. I feel like I've known it forever. <laughs> um, yeah. Cause we, I remember so my first sales meeting was, um, I got like serendipitously, I got, introduce i was i was having a meeting with someone and and she was saying oh you know where would you like you know to list lucky saint this was before we launched or anything and i said amongst other things i said well if there's a burger joint it would it would have to be honest burgers Um, and she said oh you're never you're never going to believe it um uh tom the founder of honest one of the founders of honest uh, was best man at my wedding and i'm having dinner with him tonight would you like an intro (laughs) So, um, so I obviously like, I obviously bit her hand off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> too right. And like four days later, I was sitting with Tom outside their restaurant in Brixton at 10.30 in the morning, mm-hmm. drinking Lucky Saint. And he loved it. it. was actually, interestingly, he was all over the kind of non-alcoholic beer space and didn't have anything on his menu. Okay. And said, um, my next menu change is the 1st of October. Um, we'll put it in all our restaurants. Amazing. So that, was, that was our, that was my first, first sales meeting, which is that's quite so good. I know that's, that's, I've had lots of like messages from people saying like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm in Honest Burger drinking a Lucky Saint. It's like, so for a lot of people that might even be their first, uh, like association with it. Yeah. Loads of people. And it's actually, it's kind of fortunate for us as well. Cause they have such a short beer menu. Yes. There's only about, there's only about five beers on there. So you yeah. would get a kind of, we get we get spotted in there, which is nice. It's amazing.
it's 18 months and you're still, you still, you've kept to the one bit, the one style. What was the logic behind, I mean, is it because it took you so long to do the first one or? Oh, it's doing another. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you'll be all around the world again. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of, uh, I think we've just, I really like focusing on just trying to do one thing really, really well. Yeah, definitely. Um, and this and this, this it, like it's a, it's a relatively new kind of phenomenon having multiple beers, right? Yeah, yeah. As, actually, all of the, you know, all of the, all of the big beer brands are all built around single, yeah. um, uh, single, single products. So it's a, re- it's a sort of relatively new phenomenon. Um, but I mean, listen, never say never. Say never. <laughs> but at the moment, uh, we've just got so much to do with, with the lager that, um, yeah, we're going to keep trucking away at that. Yeah, well, I've, personally, I, I, I think the fact that there's, it's only, there's only one, you only have one is that's a major selling point. That's what makes me want to go to it. It isn't sort of muddied by there being other, other beers. And uh, yeah, uh, it, I love it. I love seeing it when I've been to the, the festivals and stuff and uh, love seeing it on, in, in the bottles. And, and recently as well, um, seeing it on draft a bit more as well. How, how did that... Um, I, that's obviously a, a different step. You've got the bottles, you've got everything, and then you then go to go on to draft. Yeah. Funny enough, we've sort of been thinking about it for, a, for, for quite a while um, and sort of thought, nah, I'm not sure, like, not sure the market is ready. I'm not sure that, you know, the demand is there. Just you need to, you, know, you need to warrant, you know, a, a spot on the bar. Yeah. Someone's kind of valuable real estate on the on the bar yeah, yeah um and then i don't know in q4 last year we thought i finally thought okay that let's let's have a go so we we hustled and uh we put it we put it together in i don't know about four or six weeks we put the whole thing together mm-hmm. and and launched it in january and we sold we sold we launched with 50 venues in london wow um which is cool like a whole range Everything from the Wigmore to market halls, um, right. and yeah, we sold what we thought was going to be three months' stock, and we sold it in three weeks. Wow! Um, it shows the demand. Yeah, it was it was it was really cool, and I don't know the, the experience of it was just that was the bit that I really kind of took me by surprise. Yeah, it's just. Um, yeah, having kind of drunk it in bottle for mm-hmm. 18 months and then suddenly be presented with a pint and yeah. have drunk pints for quite a long time. Um, and suddenly you go out and you're, I'm out having, you know, three or four pints. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it is but, amazing. Like, it's as a, yeah, as a, a, a pub lover um, and again, like drinking pints, it's not something that, when I first started drinking, I had a thought would be a thing, and like now you're 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 making it possible. So it's uh, for for us drinkers, it's yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> um, yeah, it's cool. And then so obviously the bit of a shame when that came grinding, well not grinding, it came crashing to a halt in March. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what's what's it looked like since then, since the lockdown? What's uh, how how's how's Lucky Saint operating like, after the lockdown? um we are i mean we're all from home obviously yeah yeah i know my house better than i ever thought <laughs> are, you still, are you still brewing the beer 
Yeah, we're still we're still brewing, um, and we had like we had a, uh, some uh, not I wouldn't not like panicked, but there was some it was some pretty rapid and swift planning needed to be done kind of in March um, when you're looking kind of staring down the barrel of not knowing whether the supply chain is going to work, not knowing whether we're going to be able to deliver like forget yeah. from Germany, whether we're going to be able to deliver into customers. Yeah, yeah. Um, and actually we, it, it wasn't from a kind of supply chain perspective, everything stood up really well. Um, and then, yeah, it t- turns out, um, people are still consuming beer at home. Yeah. Yeah. More than, ever. yeah more than ever. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. we've seen this quite interesting dynamic, actually lots of people, uh, less so now, but initially about the first six weeks, people every day I was having conversations around like people saying they've never drunk so much at home. Yeah. As they were in lockdown. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, and then gradually people have, uh, the conversation has changed to actually like loads more around moderation and. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think there was, yeah, there was definitely like a wave where that was the conversation. Yeah. Now I think, yeah, for, for, for people like yourself, it's uh, that's, that's great. People looking at their drinking habits and then, uh, and then addressing that. Because yeah, it's not viable to stay in all day just drinking. <laughs> so yeah, no, uh, you gotta you gotta say you gotta maybe take one or two days off a week. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's what's perfect. And I know a lot of people love your beer. Um, who they are, they do, they drink, and it's and it's like the closest thing they can have to to an alcoholic beer. Yeah, yeah. funny funny enough, actually, one of my I had this amazing email from. Uh, the owner of a, a restaurant, actually one of our earliest stockists, um, a place called Seven Saints, oh, yeah. uh, and um, and James, the owner of that, emailed me a couple of weeks ago, and he said, he said, like, like you saying, they've been a complete saviour in lockdown. Funny enough, I'd seen the restaurant like continue been continuing to order Lucky Saint. Okay, a bit odd. Like it was definitely the only entree customer who were ordering directly <laughs> from us. Anyway, it turns out it was him, and he'd stopped drinking. He now he drinks Lucky Saint in place of normal beer. Yeah, not because he's trying to avoid the alcohol, but because he just because he prefers it. Yeah, oh, amazing. Well, yeah, I don't. Yeah, he's not alone. I don't think there's plenty. That's, of like, that's the sort of. I mean, that made my week. Really yeah, good. yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I I I love it as well. And I know. Yeah, a lot of people, like you say, it's just yeah, it's just a, a great drink to have, and. Uh, yeah, regardless of the alcohol content. <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about the branding because it's so uh, distinct, like so recognisable. Where did that come from? Um, gosh, good question. Um, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm just looking at a bottle. Um, it's been a long time now since, because it's the same, isn't it, as it's always been? It's the same as it's always been. There was actually, a, there was a previous iteration okay. that got, that got sh- uh, shelved, luckily. <laughs> um, and yeah, we shelved it. We had, we started with the wrong name, and we just we ended up with the wrong, uh, just the wrong design route completely. Sure. So we then spent, uh, we kind of bottomed out pretty quickly a typographical style. Yeah, uh, we then spent a, a quite a long time. What felt like ages. Um, it took about two months to find a new name. 
Right. Naming is like the, uh, it's just a, the most painful process I think yeah. I've been through. Yeah, yeah. Um, but just half of them are taken. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, go, you get, you so you find something brilliant and then you always find that someone's already got the trademark mm-hmm. on it. Um, but we, yeah, so like the saint part of it is obviously rooted in a little bit of virtuosity. Yeah. And then the lucky part, I'm, I am, I'm, I'm obsessed by this podcast series called How I Built This. Okay. Um, which is stories of entrepreneurs and founders. Uh, it's, an, it's an American series, actually. Nice. And the, the final question that uh, the interviewer always asks of whoever he's interviewing, James Dyson or Mark Zuckerberg or whoever it is, yeah. how, much of your, how much of your success do you put down to skill and judgment and being smart and how much do you put down to luck? yeah um and everyone's always like they're always really modest and it's always you know we're in the right place at the right time and we've got you know so many lucky breaks yeah but i kind of always read between the lines a little bit and think that they they worked hard enough to to get themselves in the right spot so it's a little bit kind of rooted in the lucky part is is rooted in a little bit of making your own luck I think I think that's uh, it rings true with your story about about Onisberger as well. The fact that that <laughs> little bit of luck there as well. <laughs> yeah, we've had. I tell you that that's not that's not the only stroke of luck we've had along the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. Um, so what like what's the what does the future uh, look like like in a well in a hopefully in a post lockdown world? What's uh, what's next up for, for Lucky Saint? More of the same, really. Can't wait for the entree to reopen. Yeah. Get those get those draft venues re-pouring. Outside of London as well? Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. We definitely see it's... it's um, uh, London's definitely a bit easier kind of volume-wise yeah. and uptake-wise. But we have started... We've started to go into a few national accounts, yeah. um, which is great. But yeah, I think, you know, more, more, more unfiltered lager. Yeah, definitely. Is, um, can you get your beer outside of the UK? Hardly. We're okay. in Norway. Yeah. Um, and we're talking to a couple of other like small countries, but yeah, at yeah. the moment, kind of, there's just so I feel like there's so much to do still, even on like even on our doorstep. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, definitely, definitely. So I kind of have this this view around just you know focus and try to you know just make the, the best lager humanly possible Definitely. i think uh well <laughs> i think you're not far off <laughs> it's uh it's pre- pretty amazing as it is <laughs> um so so yeah and then what are the other plans well yeah hopefully we'll start growing the team again yeah um, what does what, what does the team look like at the moment so we're a team of six, okay. seven. We're a team of seven. Um, so there's, uh, we have two on the sales side, we have two on the marketing side, and then there's myself and Emma. Um, Emma joined recently uh, from, from a company called Gray's Snack Brands. Yeah, okay, yeah. And then we have someone on ops as well. Nice. Okay. So yeah, get yeah. I mean, you, you're going to need it after uh, <laughs> after lockdown. Everyone's going to be wanting to get those pints again. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. 
Definitely. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for, for coming on. I, I really appreciate it. So, uh, oh, my pleasure. Good to talk to you, Robin. Yeah, you too. And best of luck with everything uh, coming, coming out of lockdown and uh, hopefully catch you for a pint at some point. <laughs> yes, definitely. Look forward to it. Cheers. Take care. Thank you. Cheers, Robin. Have a good one. Cheers.